This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, so now we are reconvening our uh, deliberations again. We're talking about best comedy 2016. Oh, boy. Once again, we're not saying this is the absolute best comedy. This is the best bald move comedy. This is this is a pool from a list of the the one or both of us have seen. Uh huh. So I guess maybe we should go through and uh, start start this as an ordered list, but also I guess maybe bold the stuff that you have seen because that should probably get some kind of priority, shouldn't it? Okay. Uh, I'm gonna. Toss I can ar- I, I can uh, argue for things that. What the fuck. What? Uh, seen that. Oh, you're gonna italicize. I've All seen right. part of this. Yeah, I'm bolding the final lists. Okay. So, saw part of that. I saw Silicon Valley this. for sure. Saw part of this. Saw. Wait, is documentary now season two or season one? Season two. I haven't seen any of it. Okay. Well, shoot. Oh, I saw this. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, is I don't think you're the last be... one. Yeah. Okay, so you've That's seen it. Always Sunny. Ballers, Silicon Valley. Part of Ballers, part of... Vice Principals, Fuller House. Uh, Let's move those to the top of the list. Okay. Boy, this is going to be a real pathetic list, I have a feeling. Do you want those there? Why am I not doing this on my laptop? Yeah, I don't know. know. Nope, Horseman. Horseman can't have a horseman in there, uh, and then you want these up top. Saying a horseman can't win the well, Baldus twenty sixteen award. I'm a horsist. I'm a speciesist. Sorry. Okay, so among those, can you sort what you think is the best one? Silicon Valley better than Always Sunny from last year? Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, Always Sunny was good, but not great. It had two good, great, good to great episodes. Some, I had three about forget up kind of okay, run of the mill, and then two I thought pretty bad on an on an entertaining. Yeah. Uh, what Frank's Day? Frank's Day was excellent. Was that the one that's kind of like leave, um, being John Malkovich, but uh-huh. it was, it was Frank? That that was All pretty POV. inspired. Yeah, really it was good. good. It was real good. Um, the they the gang goes to hell. I think is what the, the last two are called. About when they went on two. a cruise, those are pretty good. Um, you know, uh, Always Sunny is suffering from being an eleven now twelve season show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see the machinations. I see the tricks. The creeps in Always and the Sunny, right? Stuff, like though. you see them in the white robes with the bright light, and you're like, oh, they're talking to God. Yeah, but they're not really talking to God, mm-hmm. or like. You know, some of that stuff works to its advantage. Like, if they were actually talking to God here, mm. and they were essentially giving the God the judge treatment, you remember how, like, they they would tell the judge the story, and they would elaborate, right. like the Phillies, the frenetic right. thing, um, how they got stuck in the stadium. Sure. Uh, if they would do that, that would actually be, okay, this is a callback to earlier in this, this show, and it's pretty good. It's a thing that it does, but... 
Well, they even like did that. That they did another courtroom scene. They uh, did. I thought that kind of like that was a McPoyle Ponderosa deal too, wasn't it? And it was. The thing that I loved about that was the hands. Yeah, the hands, the uncle's hands, Charlie's yeah. uncle. Uh, that was funny, and and their callback to uh, Charlie being an expert on bird law. Yep, got a chuckle yep. out of me. But that episode, like a, a McPoyle episode, is not great. Uh, yeah, so so those are my five, and I think they're in order there. Okay. Um, but that's so, literally all I watch. I mean, Silicon Valley is certainly good. Um, yeah, but I don't. I don't know. Uh, there were some really stellar scenes this season with uh, Ehrlich, mm-hmm. where where he's hitting the bong and he's trying to explain something very technical or or not technical, but like this is how we're gonna win or something or like what's happened. Yes. And there's just a hilarious scene where he's choking. Right. He's choking the, and trying the, to get it out and he's, he's like trying to talk and smoke at the same yeah, time and yeah. yeah. And he's coughing. And he's <laughs> also ludicrously high. Right. It's so, amazing. Yeah, that that was There were a couple good. of really inspired scenes in Silicon Valley. Um Was the horse fucking this season? That was last season. I don't I think this might have been the horse fucking one. I know it's for sure the uh, Kumail got the the Pied Piper. Wasn't this one where he got the Pied Piper letter jacket? I think so. It's been a very long time. Yeah, Silicon yeah, yeah. Valley season three came out early in the year. I thought it was entertaining, and it had yeah. the who who's the um, man? Who's the weird boss? Weird boss, uh, Stephen Tobolowski. Tobolowski. I thought he yeah. was really good in it, and his like you know machinations against the crew was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, and they continue to make it kind of interesting and twist the twists and turns, and kind of like the it still feels ripped from the actual hell, uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, it's definitely good, um, but I don't yeah. know because my in my it, it I don't know how to discuss this categories because. Is some of my favorites. Like I think Atlanta is probably the best comedy of the year for me. Um, and also, I want to give shouts out to like Lady Dynamite, which was uh, premiered on Netflix last year, which was an excellent look um, at. I, I just want, I guess, I, I talk about all these things like Baskets with Zach Galifianakis as a out of work, unemployed, classically trained European clown in America. Okay. There's just a lot of like really good sight gags. Like Louis Anderson plays his mother in drag, okay. <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, he gets everywhere by roller skates. Um, he it's, you know, he works as a rodeo clown. He's trying to do all this like crazy, uh, you know, classic French clown shit at a radio sh- at a rodeo show. It's 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 just a surreal comedy, and it got a second season. Um, Lady Dynamite was good because it's like a really interesting look into the mind of like a like a person is dealing with mental illness and they get a taste of fame and then they start because because this is all about I guess um, it's it's based on his real comedian's life her name's Maria um, I can't remember her last name um, but she got a gig where she was a, this is a real gig where she got a gig as like a spokesperson for Target. And she did like the zany kind of shtick stuff for their commercials, and she got she she got paid. Um, but what happened is that she, you know, the combination of her social anxiety and guilt and progressive sensibilities and real mental illness combined to make her Maria Bamford's her name combined to make her just have a nervous fucking breakdown over all this. 
And this is kind of like a fictionalized version of her life in the immediate aftermath. And it, it's got this really interesting structure where it goes back like to her signing this deal and the aftermath and like the old agent she had that got that, that got her to that point in her career with the new more aggressive agent that got her into the next and she goes through some of the people she dated like she dates this one guy who's played by the surprisingly chubby Dean Kane surprisingly uh, chubby okay but it's just like it got genuine laughs out of like real rough looks at at, at mental illness and hmm. that's got to be hard to do and i thought it was also kind of um you know, brave of her to put all that stuff out. Bojack Horseman is this animated series. It's got Aaron Paul, where I, I, I think I've talked about this before that he actually does a little bit of a voice. Like he's not just like the celebrity. Like Will Arnett is Bojack Horseman, and he's just fucking Will Arnett. Right. Aaron Paul's actually trying to do something, mm-hmm. and he plays kind of like uh, he he plays a, a guy who's not immediately obvious um, why, but he's living with Bojack Horseman. He's like the Cato Kalen. Uh, and he's always got these kind of like tertiary scams that he's trying to run. And Bojack Horseman kind of loathes him, but he also depends on him. They got his weird codependent relationship. Um, I don't know. It's it's brilliant too, and it's it can go like incredibly dark. Like you'll see Bojack go to like Madman Don Draper levels of bad ideas in his career and his personal relationships. But it's also like side splittingly funny. And there's like mm-hmm. an experimental episode where. The conceit is uh, Bojack does this press junket in a fish town, which happens to be under the sea, and he's wearing a special helmet so he can't talk to anybody. So the whole episode is done without – there's like 30 minutes with no dialogue. Uh, And it does some really interesting stuff. Uh, Atlanta is just Don – Donald Glover, you know, I and then I don't know how to talk about like like Atlanta and Insecure because they're both – black comedies and they're talking about a lot of things that are like intensely part of like you know i don't know what it's like to be a poor kid that grew up in atlanta mm-hmm. and then you know is getting a little bit of taste of fame being the agent for a, a rapper who's on the up and come and gets involved in shootouts but there's also just like stuff that works like the funniest moment in atlanta for me was the payoff of this long elaborate joke about a basketball or i think a football player's car he has a, apparently an invisible car, um, and it's the the payoff of that joke is just got to be seen to be believed, uh, and it comes out of nowhere. Hmm. And it's also got to like just break out the 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 rapper whose name's Paperboy has got this sidekick. I can't remember his name, but he's like this stoner philosopher kind of role where he's like just you can tell he's very educated and and smart but he also just smokes a ton of weed and has checked out on doing anything in society um and both of them deal both insecure and atlanta deal with like what it's like to be like you know there's there's obviously upper class black people Mm -hmm. and like what happens when like a lower or middle class like aspire to be in these circles and start circulating these roles and the friction in there but i fuck i don't it's all really super interesting, and it feels real, and it's great. It's got great performances, and sometimes it's super funny. But I don't know how to comment on it as a as a as a white guy, okay. Especially in getting an old, be an older white guy. Like a lot of those struggles of young people are are increasingly far behind me. Sure, sure. Um, but those are the ones I guess. Documentary now. Uh, you've seen season one. Season two is essentially more of the same. Yeah, I uh, it would be. So let's talk. About, that that's something we can actually talk about because I think. 
part of like what I like to do with the Baldies is for people that might have you know missed television that we haven't gotten to talk about uh, is to try to turn people on to good television. Uh, documentary now is something that's on. Is it on Sundance or IFC? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I know Portlandia is on IFC. Uh, talk about doc- documentary. Make the pitch for why people should be. Um, it's on IFC. Uh, so I, make the pitch for why people should watch documentary now. Well, I feel like if you watch a lot of television, especially like with Netflix and HBO, like all of these these new networks that are springing up online, a lot of that is kind of documentary based. Like mm-hmm. they they get, or at least they used to. Now they're doing a lot of originals, but like. A lot of that was, oh, we've got this niche documentary that we're going to throw on here, and you can watch it. And we have 15 different documentaries on sushi or, we or you know, um, whatever, whatever uh, topic you want. Documentary now kind of takes a spin on each type of, of documentary that you've seen before and kind of spins it out to, you know, an absurdist sort of conclusion – and I feel like they really excel at it. Like, there's one, a documentary about movie making, mm-hmm. um, about this guy who goes to the – somewhere really cold. I don't know if it's the Arctic, Arctic Circle yeah. or what. But uh, it's John Slattery, actually. He goes out there, and he's going to make a documentary about this uh, Nanook. Is that his name? Yeah. I don't know. He's not his real name. No, but but it's it's a guy. He's, he's kind of built up this legend, right? He's crafted this documentary about this guy. Mm-hmm. But as he goes along, the guy gets a taste of fame, right? He realizes he's he, in a documentary. He goes, he goes and finds the village idiot, essentially, uh-huh. in this Inuit culture. And because he's easily malleable and will, like, the, all the other real Inuits are like, we're, we don't want to pose and do a bunch of... Yeah, this is bullshit. Yeah, this like, isn't, like, our real culture. and so We have he, a life to live. <laughs> right. He finds this guy who will do, like, essentially lean into whatever stereotype or prejudice of what a, a you know the these native americans living in this white tundra will would look like and do and how they hunt and ride dog powered sleds and and whatnot but he's ter- right. he's a terrible in he's a terrible native american mm-hmm. uh and he's a kind of like maybe has like some emotional and mental problems right and then over the course of it, he gets kind of a taste for filmmaking, and right. he himself becomes a documentarian, and it and he exaggerates and uh, kind of bloviates about his own life. It's but ends up making like a superior film to what the <laughs> right like yeah. the Casablanca, the Citizen Kane of documentaries here. Right, but he starts uh, bitching about the filmmaking, and uh-huh. you know, it's 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 both. A hilarious look at this kind of like white man documenting documenting this culture uh-huh. and also Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Just lampooning Hollywood and producers and divas and all that. And that's just one of them. I mean, there's the other one, the Blue Jeans Conspiracy. Right, no, Blue that... Jean Committee. Committee, yeah, which is I think the finale of season one. Mm-hmm. It's a two-parter. Uh, that is kind of a you, – you've all seen like these behind-the-scenes band documentaries, mm-hmm. right? Like a VH1 – sort of uh, whatever it's called, behind the music. Uh-huh. Um, y- you've seen a thousand of those. Well, it kind of lampoons those. Like, it-, it goes and it looks at this band that that was super wildly popular in the 80s or whatever, and they broke up, and they they interview the stars of it about why they broke up and, and you know, how they feel about it and everything, and they try and get a reunion going here. And it's it's, like, so spot on as mm-hmm. far as, like, the making of these documentaries and what what like the formula for each documentary right except it takes it to the next level it just goes like 
kind of off the rails at some point. Right. Like Bill Hader plays the member of the band who's not much of a musician, Mm -hmm. but he's the one that's like the the Gene Simmons type who's like make him famous. Yeah. And then uh, who's the other guy? Um, Uh, The Portlandy guy. Carrie Brownstein, Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen yeah. plays the actually music- musically gifted, want- is about the purity of the experience right. and not caring about the money. The punk rock guy. Yeah, <laughs> and they get a lot like the, the – it's funny like because the scandals the, the band goes through, they're from Chicago. Uh-huh. And at some point, uh, Bill Hader swears off of meat. Okay. Remember that? And that's like – that uh-huh. just like scandalizes Chicago and – Yeah, because, you know, Italian they, – They like their sausages there. And they do. Sausage uh, and their – their uh pizzas i don't know sure uh but yeah it's it's wild my favorite one was the the parody of the thin blue line where you have bill Hader playing it's this is like you know this um kind of uh after the fact look at these guys in prison and bill Hader plays the obvious guilty party to the shooting and fred armiston is just the uh, the hapless patsy that takes the fall and you can kind of see that, like, the only reason that Fred Armiston took the fall is because he's just an intensely unlikable idiot. And, like, the cops are just like, you know, like, I, we're kind of even not sure, but, like, I just hate this guy. And I really like Bill Hader. And, like, Bill Hader, it, it's 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 kind of wow. a send up of, like, also making a murderer and mm-hmm. um, what was the one with the, the jinx? Yeah, because yeah. he accidentally confesses at the end, but it's not going to do anything different. And uh-huh. it's you're right. If you watch a lot of the modern documentaries, all of these are parodies, very specific par- parodies. But like Cecily had seen most of them in season one. I had seen two or three, yeah. but I still found they work. Like I didn't know what the one Nanook was based on, but it, I, I that was it was still really really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and season two continues more of the same. You've got. Um, like a look into like two political rivals, except for it's not about the political rivals, about their campaign staff managers. Okay. And it's like, it's super low stakes. Like it's some kind of, I don't know, a citywide race in Minnesota, mm-hmm. but they're running it. Like it's this high pressure scandal ridden, uh, national campaign. That one was funny. There's another one where Fred Armiston plays, uh, the son of a man who runs a restaurant and he's got this like it's like this world class, uh, and they've got all these famous foodies like um, Ant- was Anton Brown. What help me out? You know Anthony all the- Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain's in it, mm-hmm. but there's another one, uh, Alton. Alton Brown. Alton. There you go. Uh, Alton, Alton Brown. He, they they get interviews with all these guys. Really? The, the set- like the real people? Oh yeah, okay. and they're actually talking about this guy who this. has. I think it's it's chicken and rice is what this, <laughs> and he only makes chicken and rice. Okay. Um, except for they, they showed like how ludicrous his process for maintaining quality. For example, one of the daily rituals is he goes in. This old man goes into a giant cage with a chicken, and if he can catch the chicken, then the restaurant has chicken that day. If he doesn't, <laughs> they just serve rice. And like when they yeah. sell it, it's like this very exclusive. You got to go on top of this fucking Peruvian mountain to get to it. And, mm-hmm. But everyone talks about how it's such a pure, authentic experience. And he's trying to train his son to take over the family business because he's getting too old. But his son is like, a you know, he's Fred Armistead. So, okay. uh, yeah. but there's a lot of stuff like that. It just continues to be um, it's amazing that you've got like 20 of those solid ideas that you can execute on, I guess. Yeah. I mean, season one was great. I didn't see season two, but. There's another one on Encyclopedia Salesman that's kind of a little Glengarry Glenn Ross. Or no, no, okay. they're selling globes. 
Globes? That's what it is. Oh, Door-to-door wow. globe salesman. That's a tough gig. Yeah. 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 Uh, but it's it's really funny, too. But I don't – so I guess what I need to try to figure out is – because, like, you know, there's a lot of that I like here. But I think the ones that are real like – I also got Harmon Quest, which was a CISO original. What's, if, you've, if you've heard Harmontown or seen the documentary, you know that a big part of their show used to be r- role-playing D&D with the Spencer guy as a game master. They spun that off into its own little thing. And what it is is that they've got a core group of – uh, Dan Harmon, his ex-wife Aaron McGathy, and his sidekick, who's the comptroller on the show, Jeff. Uh, shit, Jeff. Uh, shit, Jeff. Be- is it Daniels? No, it can't be Jeff Daniels. Um, I, I wa- I've seen like 160 of these episodes of of Harmontown, and I still can't get this guy's name right. Uh-huh. Jeff something or other. He's on whose line it is anyway. And they have a rotating fourth character who's a, a Hollywood celebrity, like they had uh, Aubrey Plaza do one and they had uh tom uh the guy off the the star of um the the star of uh silicon valley came in tom middle ditch yeah that's actually his name i think it's middle ditch how did i get his name right i don't know I've got tommy him. middle d or whatever yep. uh he comes in there and he's probably the best one but they just have all these like you know not a list probably stars although Aubrey plaza's up there but they have all these people to get together and they tell one cohesive story about these three central characters and how they try to this move plot. And I thought it was entertaining. Um, but they take, they take like, you know, an hour and a half of footage and edit it down to like 40 minutes. So it's like the 40, 40 funniest, most cohesive points. Mm-hmm. It was pretty entertaining. But the ones I guess I want to make an argument for are Lady Dynamite, um, Doc, and, and, and um, Atlanta and Insecure. And okay. I don't know how to slot these in with the ones like... I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm gonna trust your judgment here, I guess, because I haven't seen those, so I have no comments on. And them. that's the other thing is like Atlanta and Insecure. Neither one of them are funnier than Silicon Valley, right? But, but they they're be. better shows, and that's the other right. problem with these is you've got these thirty minute comedies that also have a lot more important and interesting things to say. Right. One of the things that's amazing about Atlanta is they take a whole episode where they go away from. Uh, Donald Glover's character and deal with his uh, the, the the mother of his child who they kind of live together but she's seeing other people and she's trying to kick him out because he can't make any rent payments but it's all about a day in her life mm-hmm. and it's weird that this thing just like and I think they also do something with Paperboy too where they'll just take one of the side characters promote them front and center and they don't really even miss a beat hmm. um, I think but I, I feel like Atlanta needs to be the best comedy this year. And that's, I guess, the most important okay. thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, sure. I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to kind of defer to you on this category. I think you certainly watched a lot more comedies. Uh, what do you but, have to say about, like, girls this year? Anything? It was okay. There was this one really good episode with Allison Williams where her boy, ex-boyfriend Charlie came back as a heroin addict. And they had like this, um, you know, just one shot episode. It's almost like a little art movie. It wasn't particularly funny. It was just a look into was these this people's lives. Was this the guy from season one? Uh, he didn't have long hair in season one. I don't know how to describe it because I know you've seen like the didn't, first two seasons. Yeah, didn't he have like a kind of frat boy look to him? Frat boy look? No, you're not talking about Adam Driver. You know, no. that's the one yep. who looks like he's still kicking around. Kylo Ren. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what long hair guy you're talking about. Maybe he is. Maybe he is a little bit of a frat boy. 
I don't know. I, I think I know who you're talking about, but I'm not sure. But they have the, the it's it's just like one night in New York City, and you know. Um, but she, he's the guy who did the startup thing. Yes, that's the okay. Guy. Yeah, that's the guy I'm talking about. Maybe yeah. I got his look wrong. Yeah, uh, but, but you yeah. find out that he's borderline homeless and also a heroin addict now. Great, that's and she future. finds that out after she has a night of sex with him, and there's like all this drama oh. about like, oh. oh, I just had sex with this intravenous drug user who's been. How do you, how do he pass himself off as a normal human being? <laughs> well, because he's not. You can tell that like this, he's kind of hit the skit. Like after his okay. startup, like there's like a hint that it either failed or it got bought out, and he got screwed out of the deal. And then he oh. aggressively went away from that and kind of like just pursued his own thing, and that led to him being on the streets and kind of. Hmm. You know, run around the corner, boys. And so he's like in the early stages of this addic- this thing. Gotcha. Like he doesn't look like Bubbles from the Wire. Right, right. That's what I'm he thinking. He can still like, pull down Allison Williams. He doesn't pulls look... up in his t-shirt card. Yeah. yeah, but he definitely has more of an of, of an edge to him. Uh-huh. Uh But that that was like a really good. But the Looking rest of like the season, rickety cricket. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm ready for girls. This I think this is the final season. I think it's about time. Hmm. Okay, because it's increasingly getting these these women are too old to be pulling to stay. Like like you, it, it's time for them all to shit or get off the pot. Hmm. Like okay, like like um, like with their lives. Yeah, is that what you mean? Like yeah, this this kind of period of figuring out who you want to be that is over. only can last like. There's a there's a limit of how much you can fuck around as an adult before it catches up to you, and you're either going to hit the skids like Charlie, or you're going to make something of yourself. Right. I'm not saying you know you're, they all have to sell out and do whatever, but like you know you got to kind of have a serious relationship, and you have to have a serious job, and you can't just dabble in writers' workshops and whatnot, and and <laughs> you know sure. use your friends and your relatives, and and that's it, it's it's. It's already uncomfortable to watch a lot of times, but it's just increasingly like, yeah, these people need to get their shit together. So I'm definitely going to watch the last season. I'm curious to see where they go with it, but I definitely think this needs to be it. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, Atlanta needs to go up the top and Insecure somewhere in the top five. Okay. Let's do that. Uh, Because I was surprised at how little, like, fanfare the Insecure got. Maybe because it's too – late in the season or uh atlanta stole some of its thunder but that show is really 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 good and it's going to get it's going to make some noise in the um the best actor and and uh male, male and female actor categories okay uh we don't have this in like a normal i know we don't here we don't and again what do does it. it even mean i got you know what right should i can i let's try this this work booyah ballers was all this I, I thought they solved a lot of the problems that season one ballers had and that there was not any real stakes and i felt like there were real stakes going into the last episode the season with the you know the rock had uh made some bad decisions and had pissed off some wrong people and maybe even let his partner down and they made a lot of that go away but then he's also dealing with this like pain uh, addiction to pain pills which he eventually has a total the the final scene is is him undergoing a total hip replacement from the injuries he sustained on field Hmm. but he was like eating vicodin like fucking smarties or pez yeah and i wonder if like season three also he had done 
you know, the way he lost his money is he sunk a bunch of his money into a shady inve- like real estate deal investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the final few episodes, he's going around to his clients and he's raising money from them to fund his break off talent, uh, not talent agency. I guess it is some kind of agency, financial mm-hmm. planning agency, which is like, you know, that's the number one thing you can't do as a financial consultant. Like that's a huge conflict of interest is d- tell your clients to invest in your own unsecured deal. Sure. Uh, and they also had a really hard hitting moment where they use like Eddie George, who you don't know, but he's a running back for the Tennessee Titans. Um, uh, and I guess he in real life did hit the skids and lost a lot of his money. And there's a lot of articles written about that. He star, he, he plays a really interesting arc at the end where you find out that, uh, Spencer goes, who's the rock. He goes to take his, um, you know, to try to pass his his test or whatever to get his NFL players license, agent license, mm-hmm. and there's a, a complaint. And Eddie George is a player that lost money in the Rock's, you know, the the same deal that, that ruined the Rock, except for like the Rock still had a million or two dollars, whatever. Like right. Eddie George, like he talks about, like you know. I fucking had to go work at a grocery store. I almost committed suicide. Like I, li- I lost everything. Mm. Um, and there was some genuine drama with that, but then they kind of make it go away. But I'm thinking for 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 season three, I guess I want to see him face some real consequences. I want to see him struggle. You know, now that he has this operation, what happens when the Vicodin runs out and you're still fucking addicted to painkillers? Right. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That was pretty good, but. Not in the top five good. What happened with the uh, Anthony Garcia stuff? So he's I know he mad. was battling. So him. Anthony Garcia is it's it's interesting because Anthony Garcia is doing did the Spencer what Spencer's doing to his clients. Like Anthony mm-hmm. Garcia, like you find out in the end of the season that he advised Spencer to make a small investment into this thing that he thought would make a lot of money. Spencer decided to put like ten times more money into it than he suggested so spencer blames him for losing all of his money but he says no you did it to yourself and i tried to save you and you would you were too stubborn to listen Hmm. and who you know it's kind of like which one do you believe but then you see spencer making the same mistake that he did and you're like uh (laughs) probably a little bit of both yeah i know at the point i stopped watching uh or you know just fell off of it um they were kind of at each other's throats. They yeah. were trying to, they were fighting over the same client and, right. and they were both want to take each other down. I don't know what. Well, so Spence, so the, 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 the old guy who owns like the big yacht and yeah. he's the one that's behind the, the head of the, the agency they were working at. He yeah. essentially lets, he essentially tells Spencer he's going to hire him back. And I don't know, they all make up like all the rod, rod Cordry and all, uh, Ron, is it Ron Cordry? Rob. Rob Cordry and The Rock and this old guy that owns the boat all kind of make nice. That's that's what I thought. Like the, my big criticism for season one is they set some real stakes and then like at the end it's all like The Rock's big smile and some little Wayne rapping comes in and then everything's just all better. Right. Like there, there's no real serious and they raise a lot of other issues like the the big guy who's the offensive tackle who retired who retired and came out of retirement and retired again. He took a job at the Dolphins and that's causing friction of his marriage because they make a good point. Like all these guys that work like as coaches and personnel on football teams, they just don't have any lives. Mm-hmm. 
they work like 70, 80 hours around the, like it never ends. Like during the football season, you got football season, then you got scouting and drafting, and then you got some, like it just never ends. It's, it's a job that, that never ends, and they're super intense, and it, it, it causes a lot of them to lose their family. So there's stakes there because this guy's got a new baby and a wife he loves. And, right. But I don't, I don't know how engaged to get because it's just at the end of the day, it's a comedy, and it's about The Rock being awesome, and they always pull their punches at the last minute. Yeah, and I didn't feel like that show was particularly funny. Like, it's fun to watch, but it's you, not. Did you really make it like to the thing funny. where um, I, f- I forget who the big defensive lineman is, but he's got an idiot friend where he goes to buy an exotic pet for him. Mm. You didn't see that, and he ends up with like uh, a, a, I think it's a llama. No, I didn't. And him, cha- him losing that and chase, yeah, that, or, or maybe it's a maybe it's a, like a panther or something. I don't remember, but there's an exotic pet plot that was pretty laugh out loud funny. Yeah. Um. All right. So what are we going to do with this category? And there's vice principles, which <sighs> vice. Principles. I saw the first few episodes of and thought it was weird. Uh, it was like. I guess you can call it a comedy. It had moments which were absolutely hilarious, but it also had a lot more moments that were like uncomfortable or, or a little maybe too intense or real or like something. Yeah, no, like you got like you know, you, Danny McBride and one is and and uh, Walter Gog, Walton Goggins rather burned down this black single mom the new principal's principal, house yeah. just. Just because, and she seems like she's a really good principal too. Uh-huh. And these guys are clown jobs. Yeah, and like they also kind of make it seem like it's a hate crime, or at least that's the impression well, I got. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it kind of is a hate crime. They sure, hate her and they, they burn her, her house down. Right. Uh, Maybe not for all the usual reasons, but it is. And I'm thinking, like, oh my god, like I, I don't know, like I had a real problem with that in the early goings of Always Sunny, where. The gang would do just terrible things to yeah. normal people, and I find myself empathizing with the people. They're like a tornado, you know? Right. Like, this woman's getting – like, this could easily be a disaster about a tornado hitting this poor woman, and I just feel so bad for her, but I'm supposed to – I'm not exactly rooting for Danny McBride. Plus, he's just a – he's not a hero. He's terrible to his daughter. He's terrible to his ex-wife. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I forget who Nucky Thompson, Eli Thompson, what's his name? Like mm-hmm. Shea Wiggins. That's that can't yeah, be right. Yeah, Shea Wiggins. Uh, but he's actually trying to be a really good stepdad to his daughter and trying to be uh-huh. cool to Dan, and he just won't have it. Yeah, and that shit just man, it's really uncomfortable for me to watch. It's like watching a guy who fails at American Idol over and over and over again, and like at the end of the episode, Simon Cowell's there to tell him what an idiot he is and, and burn down his house and burn down his house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I thought it did have its moments where, you know, some maybe some of the funniest stuff I'd seen out of all of these shows, uh, but they were just flashes. Yeah. And then they were gone. And yeah. it didn't feel like I was laughing enough. And I don't know where these comedies, because it seems like, you know, like Always Sunny was essentially a ruder, cruder, meaner version of Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah. And now this is kind of like a, a, a ruder, cruder, meaner version of Always Sunny. And like, mm-hmm. where are these com- these dark comedies going to end up at? And is am I going to get off on the ride before they do? Because much, <laughs> much darker than this, and I just don't know if I can make it through. Right. It's not bad. And Walton Goggins is kind of amazing in this. 
I, I don't know where his sexuality is. He's got this weird mm-hmm. s- situation where he's living with this uh, Asian woman who's uh-huh. got this really domineering, stereotypical Asian stepmom and or mother-in-law that lives with them. Spits in her tea or – No, that's what he does with the, the – oh, that's like – see, that's, that's a perfect moment. Like he spits in the principal's coffee or tea mm-hmm. and she catches him doing it. And like that's just that's just a sh- that I I don't I don't like I my my head feels like it's on fire when I see a scene like that. It's so uncomfortable to watch. Right. I mean, is it so uncomfortable you just have to laugh? Because I, I, f- I feel like it is. I mean, you're supposed time. to, but I don't have that reflex. I just want to okay. cover my eyes and go like, "Oh God, no!" <laughs> First of all, why would you do that? And now you're caught. And now what are you going to do? <laughs> going to try to act like it's not happening? Yeah, I mean that's that's the stuff that I laugh at. Uh, but sure. Well, and that's the thing. Like people do, obviously. Um, I'm just wired yeah. differently, so I don't know what. I mean, I definitely want to talk about it, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's on the top five. Yeah, probably not. And the Fuller House, obviously, that's not going to make this list. But you know, it's a comedy that I watched this year, and I actually kind of liked the first episode. I thought the episode where they brought everybody except for the people who are too famous to come back, uh, the the Olsen twins. Uh, too rich to come back, should I say? Oh, well, they might actually be just be too weird and broken to come back. Like, have you? Has anyone seen them I, in public in the last five years? I certainly haven't. Or have I? I just feel like they're living together in some Hollywood gothic. Like they're living mm-hmm. in the old Munsters mansion. Yeah, and they're just going to get weird together. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe know? so. Uh, but I actually thought that first episode was kind of kind of good. Huh. Uh, and then, you know, all of the main players that you like from Full House kind of go away. Uh, DJ sticks around, Stephanie sticks around, and Kimmy stick around, and they all take over the the Tanner house. Her dad, I don't know, flies off to Barbados or some shit. Uh, and, and, and they take over, and it's like, I guess DJ's ex-boyfriend is kind of around. Um... And she meets a guy. She's working as like a, a pet doctor, an animal doctor, a vet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's another guy who she's kind of got it for. And then Kimmy Kimmy Gibbler's husband is is in the picture, or ex husband, who is now a thing again. I don't know. It gets real weird, and it becomes more about like DJ and Stephanie and Kimmy and their their offspring. Hmm. So well, they like... become the new Danny and right. know, Joey and Jesse. Right. So. Um, I don't know. Like when you say it's good, like define good. Like it's just like mindlessly fun to watch or nostalgic, or is it actually have that first something... episode? Yeah, it's it's. So you've only seen the first episode? No, I saw the whole first season. Oh. Um, but the first episode is really the only good thing about it. Oh, really? So it just yeah. goes in forgettable TV territory. Yeah, because I was like hoping yeah. for a little bit of like a subversion. It, they don't. They hardly subvert it at all. Really? They occasionally throw a jab. Uh-huh. But there's not enough there to make me say, okay, this is really a subversion of the old sitcom trope. And I mean, I'd it expect has, it that goes right ABC down to the last track. It, but like Netflix, I, I thought I would guess I was hoping for something a little bit more interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's really not. You know, it's it's strange. Huh. It it, it is a show out of time, most certainly. Yeah. So what? So for to bring this back around to the top five. Mm-hmm. Right now we got Atlanta, Silicon Valley, Always Sunny, Insecure, Ballers. Ballers needs to get the fuck out of here. Um, okay. Like maybe we can put Lady Dynamite on a, under Insecure. That show is really fucking funny. Okay. Um, 
I wish I could get Bojack up in the doc. I mean, are we doing a top five or top ten? Well, there's 16. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I can tell you for a fact that it's funnier than Full House. It's definitely funnier Fuller. than Ballers. Yeah. I just don't know if it should go higher than that. Let's put it underneath Lady Dynamite. Okay. Um, I should. I what if I should say something about Orange is the New Black because it had. I mean, I've heard people are all over the map with it. Um, because it's it's good and it went really dark, but also it's got this preposterously anti. Like one of the big plots is the prison has gone privatized. So there's a lot of shots at privatized prison, which I'm all on board for. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also have this plot where to save money, instead of hiring professional guards, they get ex-military, like you know Iraqi war vets. And every one of these military people are a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. They're just terrible, terrible people. Like not even even about the PTSD mm-hmm. of it. They're just garbage people they do terrible things and they oppress the inmates and uh they abuse them and it's like i i I know i've I've seen from a lot of vets even i was on when i was watching i'm like i just can't believe that you can take this unnuanced shot at such a you know a, a a huge segment of society like a pretty pretty unfair and unwarranted shot and like even even before like they've 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 that's kind of gingy Cohen's thing is that she makes you hate a character and then makes you feel bad for them and then shows like, but there's like no redeeming thing about these characters. And I don't know. That was a pretty big flaw of that season. Hmm. Um, And also there's another show that like, I've heard that it's like got two more seasons into it, but I don't know how many more seasons I want to be on it. So it's not really on my top 10 list. Um, so like I said, are we going to do top 10 or top five? Cause if we're going to do top 10. I'll sweat about this a little bit more. If we're going to do top five and I think we're about there. We're there. Okay. So, should I, although not five, I don't know that always sunny is funnier than Bojack Horseman and the other full disclosure. I watched all three seasons of Bojack Horseman. Hold a second. I watched all three. I watched all three seasons of Bojack Horseman, like kind of in order. Like mm-hmm. within a month or two, so they're all. I I, I have a hard time yeah, right. f- remembering like what was the high points of this season. So like all of them seems like it's like I got three seasons worth of highlights in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like we should just go top five, and then I think I'm fine. That's five. All right, that's five. That's fine. All right. All right. Uh, this is so the category the I feel the worst about because it's kind of yeah. like I'm just flying solo here, and um, I'm interested in seeing what the people have to say. Yeah, I wish I had more to contribute on that. Uh, I just, I don't kind of watch a lot of comedies. Enough of my year is taken up by drama that a lot of comedies slip into my radar. Well, I was, so, so that's kind of like uh, when we don't have Jack, we usually, like Cecil and I sit down and have dinner at the table when we have Jack over. When he's not around, we usually eat in front of television. And what we usually, our go-to is comedies because it's 30 minutes, it's about as long as it takes to eat. Mm-hmm. So that's how we end up watching a ton of comedies but right. yeah i don't know like uh i don't know what the future best comedy is because i don't feel like this is a particularly interesting category in the award show if uh and it's also not, we don't cover it professionally like right. we don't do any comedies it's all extraneous to bald move now what so what do you think about perhaps doing as we've talked about doing like a Louie or something like that, what what would you say to doing an Atlanta podcast? I don't know. I haven't seen it. So 
I'd be curious <laughs> to see what you think about it because it is it is one of those where it's a it's a thinker as much as it is funny. Maybe mm-hmm. more so. Yeah. I don't know. That's the other thing. It's like I don't know. You know, I've been watching The Wire again, and like I'm I'm halfway through season three now, and I'm surprised at how funny The Wire is. Like I don't understand with these these comedies. Like I don't know that Land is even properly classified as a comedy. It's thirty minutes long, right? But shit, it's 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 a prestige comedy. It's like a totally different thing than Always Sunny or Silicon Valley. So I I don't know these I feel like these things need to go into into the drama category because there's not a lot of material difference from like the way the wire is structured and the way Atlanta is structured, right? So, well, you know, take best comedy with a, a spoonful of sugar, like, sh- sugar. You can't salt comedy's not salty because uh, you know comedy is a dubious thing for bald move. Yeah, we don't, we don't think comedies make great podcasts, and then when you have, like, you know, I'm hoping that we get Bald Move TV going, and some of that, can we can get some conversations, send me side conversations going on here, but I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the future of best comedy might be in doubt. I don't think we had one for the first Baldies. We won, did one last year because we had watched a bunch of comedies, and this might be the, the, the last year for it. We'll have to see. Yep. We also had a best documentary last year. Who knows if we'll have one of those? Probably not going to have one this year because that's kind of hit and miss too. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Like you just, uh, you know, some categories like you know best television and best actor. There's always going to be around, but some of these subcategories they're going to, you know, come and go. Yeah, we'll have to see.